0: Good morning, I feel compelled to remind you that, I don't know where this came from, but it was just coursing kind of through my mind, that I'm, I'm just like you. Um, I'm not really any different than you. I have a different set of responsibilities. I may have a little less or a little more life experience, but we are the sum of our choices. And what I'm trying to communicate to you is that uh, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ just like you are. I'm, I'm not uh, somehow better, uh, not somehow other gifted. I mean, we all have different gifts, but we all have gifts. And we all have one Savior. We all have our different challenges. But I don't ever want you to think that Uh, as your pastor I'm playing pastor I'm walking with Christ just like you are and every day just like you I may face different things but I face them in Christ so the words that I ever talk to you about out of the word of God Uh, Yes, I have schooling, experience, training, those things shape what I say to you, but it always comes from a heart that wants to share with you what the Lord is teaching me and what the Lord is making of me. I want him to make of others where I have that chance to influence others for Christ's sake. This morning, uh, we're in our series, My Favorite Proverbs, A lot of these proverbs that you hear on this Sunday, for example, will be in chapter 12, verse 25 this morning, but they were picked out weeks ago. It's always interesting to me how the things that happen between the time that I pick the proverb and the time that I talk about the proverb, a lot of things have happened, and so often God works through these special words, when we put them together with circumstances in our lives. The proverb says, anxiety in a person's heart weighs him down. But an encouraging word brings him joy or makes him glad. Anxiety, it's a fearful anxiety. (laughs) <laughs> deaga, that's the Hebrew word for this word that we try to translate, but to help us understand uh, what this is pointing at, I thought I would share with us a few verses where the word deaga that we translate like fearful anxiety. Um, the circumstances that affect, that feeling. Because when it says anxiety in a person's heart weighs them down, well, I, I ask you, how'd that anxious fear get there? Where'd it come from? Where's your anxious fear come from? How's it get there in the first place? Let me read uh, three verses. The first is from Jeremiah 49, 23. The second is from Ezekiel 4:16, And the third is from Psalm 38, 18. The first one, Jeremiah 49, 23. The Lord spoke about Damascus. The people, he said, will be dismayed because they have heard bad news. Their courage melts because they are anxiously afraid. Like the sea, their hearts cannot be calmed. Do you get the feeling? Can you tap into your experience? Have you ever known that kind of anxious fear? Like a sea that can't be calmed? Dismayed? courage melting knees weak you want to escape there's nowhere to run the next verse ezekiel 416 then he said to me son of man i'm about to remove the bread supply in jerusalem they will eat their bread ration anxiously and they will drink their water ration in terror so we get a little feel for anxious there's a terror associated with it and then the final verse that i chose and there were many others this is from david in psalm 38:18 and he's talking to himself i confess my iniquity which is wrongdoing and a sense of guilt. I am full of anxiety because of my sin. So, how'd that anxious fear get there? Well, a lot of it is the work of words. In fact, in all three of those verses, the work of words... Either words that we hear from someone else or words that we hear because we tell ourselves those words. There is power. Power. Wonder-working power in the Word. There is. The sooner we understand that, the sooner it will shape and change our lives and for the better. Yes, uh, if you're familiar with that phrase, power, power, wonder-working power, it's in the blood, not the Word. But it's not just anybody's blood. And so it is with the Word. Whose Word is it? What's the life behind it? It makes a difference whose blood is the power. And it makes a difference whose word is the power. Word bearers add power to word power. That makes a difference. What makes a word true? What makes a word trusted? It's not the word itself. You might think this odd, but I spend a lot of time in the dictionary. I read the dictionary. I enjoy reading the dictionary. There are a lot of good words in the dictionary. More words than we could ever use, ever know. I love a good word, but even the good ones do not comfort me like the words of the Bible. The words of the Lord, because he stands behind that word. If you trust him, if he's true to you, then his word has a power that someone else's word does not have. The difference is in the character of the author of the word. The word bearer adds power to word power. Even a stranger, a friend, a mom, a dad can use the very same words and they'll have a very different impact. Because of who it is that uses that word. In the same way, people we care about have the power to hurt us and not help us, depending on the words that they use. When someone uses words to hurt us, it can be sharp and it can also be very sweet. Sometimes people brandish words like a gun, and at least you know that if someone's brandishing a gun, they have an intention to hurt you, right? You see it. You're threatened. And if the gun's loaded, the bullets hurt. I'll never forget when my son was six years old, we got up in the morning, we had a bay window that faced the east. And when I opened the curtains, the sun just filled the room and it caught him in the eyes and he wanted me to shut it. And so I sh- he wanted it all the way, but I just, I shut it until it wasn't in his eyes. And then because I didn't shut it all the way, my six-year-old said, I hate you. And so, what did I say? I said, Well, I love you. But those words are sharp, direct, cutting, painful, even for a parent who knows better. Words can be sharp, they can also be sweet. Sometimes people poison their words. They put sweet words with poison in them. In your favorite dessert, what you want to hear, what you're hoping to hear, but they're not true. In the Iliad, Homer's Iliad, Achilles says, I hate that man like the very gates of death who says one thing, but hides another in his heart. Oh, that's a, that makes your skin crawl a little bit. The person who says one thing but hides another in his or her heart. We have a psychological expression for that passive aggressive. They smile when inside they're not smiling. They tell you what you want to hear. They talk to your face one way, but behind your back they talk another. Not the character that empowers words to do good, but empowers words to hurt and to harm. Just as words can bring bad news, they can bring good news. Just as word from the Lord can rescue us from a heavy heart because of who he is the wise can rescue others with a good word because we are wise and it shows in our character and we're trustworthy we believe one another there's power Power, wonder working power in the word that comes from a good heart, a right souled person who is intent on helping others because Jesus Christ is that person's Savior. Get wisdom rescue a heavy heart you can rescue a heavy heart today you can rescue a heart a heavy heart before you leave these grounds you can rescue a heavy heart at home at work wherever you go you can rescue a heavy heart you don't always know it's a heavy heart sometimes we do a good job of concealing our heaviness We can rescue heavy-hearted people if we're wise to the occasions, the qualifications, and the obligations. The occasions are as many as there are people. How many are in the room? There are just that many occasions to help a heavy heart. Just have to see them. What prevents us from helping the heavy hearted is we're blind sometimes. We're just not attuned. We're not paying attention. We're off in our own world, or we ourselves are heavy hearted, too heavy hearted to help others. What a predicament, huh? We're so heavy hearted, we're out of tune with the people around us only you can in the light of the Lord discern the gravity of your own heart but in Christ there is a healing that takes place there's a love that fills that heart Michael prayed about the peace of the Lord there is a peace in our life how can we be peacemakers if we have no peace in our own life there's a big difference between going through the mechanics You know, like when I have to build a bike at Christmas time, I get out all the directions and it's such, it's comical. You know? Like, like if I, I was learning to sew or something, show me how to do each movement. Is that our notion of peacemaking? Because it's, it's here, but it's not here. It's not a real experience. It's not something that we can talk about or write poetry about because it's not in our own lives. A mechanic put, could put a bike together like that because a mechanic's a mechanic. It's in the person's blood. It's not just a vocation. Some of us are teachers. Do you only teach when you're in the classroom getting paid for it? Or does that spill over into other areas of your life in the way you treat people, care for your own children, have a heart for things because you're a teacher? I'm a pastor, but I'm not just a pastor On Sunday morning between, you know, 8.30 and 9.30, I pastor in my own home. I know, it makes it sound so formal. But basically, I'm just living out the Christian life. I'm just putting the Word of God to me into practice in my daily life. Not just at certain times, under certain conditions, for certain reasons, and a certain payoff. I'm a pastor because I was this way before. What is the amazing thing for us and the wise? Because is it wisdom if it's just knowledge and it's never put into practice? Would anybody recognize it? Would anybody be touched by it? You see, wisdom is a way of life. It's not just stuff up here. Man, my brain is clogged with knowledge. We can ace the test, we can answer all the questions, but we don't live that out or we aren't affected. By what we know? You see, by faith in Christ, we put these things into practice in our own homes, in our own lives, in every situation. We find ways to be more Christ like because we're aware of Him, His presence. And when we are, we're aware of others. And we see occasions to be Christ-like, to be wise. All of the wisdom, you know, we see Proverbs, that's wisdom literature. Job, that's wisdom literature. Ecclesiastes, that's wisdom literature. So we have these categories. And it's rich. There's lots of good insight. But where does it go beyond that? What I want us to appreciate is the God of that wisdom is the God who revealed himself incarnate in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ brings about that wisdom in a way that even the wise of these ancient writings and ancient times could not experience as we can experience them. They were aware of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What you fear is what's right in front of your face. And if you fear the Lord, you're aware of his presence. He's not way over there. It's not as though he doesn't know what we're doing. No, the fear of the Lord is really almost like faith in the Lord. And when we put that kind of faith into Jesus Christ who has risen from the dead, given us an, an entirely new nature, a new nature, not just a business plan or an action plan, we have a new nature in Christ. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. As we operate in that power, with that faith, that wisdom should be experienced in our lives and I would argue if you love God and love others you will be wiser love is not just for holidays graduations celebrations the love of God is for every minute waking minute of life so If we're hurting and we're downhearted, let's let the Lord into that so that we can be aware of the hurts of others. They're everywhere. And we can do some rescuing. We can't be caught up in just the outcomes. That can't be our motivation. Our motivation is just to bring goodness wherever we go with every word we utter, Even if we have to deliver bad news, we can deliver it in a way that builds up, encourages, and gives hope. We don't have to pour out the ugliness in our hearts when Jesus fills our hearts. And that shapes our words. Seizing that occasion to help somebody else is an act of faith and a testimony to our awareness of Christ's presence. If we can see the Lord, listen, if we can see the Lord in our lives, People can see the Lord too in our lives. That builds faith. People want to see examples of Christ's power. Well, let him be powerful in us. We're waiting for stuff to happen out there. New policies, new this, victories. Let people see Christ building a new society in you. See the occasions. Tow the qualifications. We all have the qualifications, it's just we're not living up to it. Tow them. That is, live up to them. Step up to the line. Step up to the opportunity. You are an incredibly qualified person in Christ. As I said, we bring character, not just words, and together they're powerful. I was thinking, uh, I wrote you a letter this week, I hope you got it, hope you read it. I was thinking this week, if I had written that letter in 2000 or 2001, the impact would have been very, very different. What's the difference between a letter that I wrote to some of you who've been here that many years, that I wrote then and that I write now? You know me. You know who I am. You know my character. Your character in Christ makes a difference, it empowers your words. You have something to say. And when your life backs it, that gives that word power. We can't control the outcome. We can't say it was worth it because look at the impact it had on that person's life. That's not our job. What we do is we control in Christ through faith what we do with our power. We regulate it. We manage it. Through the Holy Spirit. But we have to realize we have that power. That's where we have to realize our qualifications. Who else has the qualifications that you do? Do you read your New Testament and know who you are in Christ? Who's qualified like you are? Don't wait for me. Don't wait for the person sitting next to you. Jesus didn't say, Come follow all those other people, and if they follow me, you'll be close. He said, Come follow me. You have incredible power in Christ. And it's not about blessing prayer hankies, it's not about hocus pocus. It's about real life. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want something real, down to earth, nitty gritty. We don't want fairy tales. We want power in real life. We build our character one day at a time, one word at a time. One word at a time. time. You tell a lie, how many words that are true have to be spoken after you tell a lie? What if you lie to yourself? How deceived can you be? Who are you going to believe but yourself? You're the most important voice in your life. You listen to yourself without reservation, but do you tell yourself lies? Do you tell yourself half-truths? Do you tell yourselves exaggerations. I can talk this way because I know. I do this to myself. We have to work on those things and tell ourselves truth. Preach to ourselves. Be a better preacher than me to yourself. I got to preach to myself. I can't just preach to you and then go out and do something else. That's called fraud. That's called being a phony. We're all sinners. We all make mistakes. But some of us, we can just lead ourselves down the primrose path rather than being real with the Lord, real with ourselves, and then real with others. And hug the obligations. That is, embrace. There are obligations to this, it's not just when other people are looking. If Jesus is real in our life, then we have obligations to love each and every moment of each and every day. Are we going to fall short? Yeah, but there's the cross for that. That's why Jesus died on the cross. It wasn't just one one ticket that's written, saved. This salvation isn't just for some moment at death. It's for each and every day of our lives. We lead a life of a new nature, a life of wisdom, a life of Christ-likeness. It's not a, a dress or a suit that hangs in the closet. It's formed by the way we walk with the Lord and live for him each and every day. As Jesus' people, we exercise our new nature, our kingdom of God nature, our red, brown, yellow, black, and white, precious in his sight nature. Whose heart will you rescue today? Maybe it will be your own to begin with by turning it over to the Lord and trusting him in ways that you haven't been able to of late. Maybe there's too much crowded in there. You're trying to solve all the problems of the world in all the faraway corners of the world. I understand that. It is heartbreaking. And we should be compassionate enough to cry over the things we see on the news. Don't ever be embarrassed of your compassion or your tears. I think the more we get close to our Lord, the more we cry and the more compassion there is because we know we are all sinners and we are all delivered by God's grace in Jesus Christ. We're new people, not by what we do, but by what he has done. And then that is shown in what we do. Whose heart will you rescue today? There is power. Power. Wonder-working power. In your word. For good or harm. There's power. Power. Wonder-working power. In your word of the Lord. To yourself and to others. There is power. Power. Wonder-working power in your word because of the blood not just anyone's blood but the blood of Jesus Christ who gave his life for you and for me I'm going to close us in prayer and we're going to sing a song and uh, some of us will be up here could be a deacon could be an elder could be a spouse Could be me. We'll see. Could be another of the pastors. We're just like you. We'd like to pray with you. Intercede for you. There may be somebody on your heart that you're praying for and you'd like us to join you in that. There may be something on your heart that you would like to share with somebody else for prayer. Bring to the Lord and share it with someone else who cares for you. That and much more we can do together in Christ. Will you stand with me as I close this in, in prayer and then uh, we'll be led in a worship song. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. It's uh, the word that makes our word powerful. You're so good to us, Lord with us when we aren't aware tenderly nudging us, wooing us consoling us encouraging us challenging us you love each one of us which is hard for us to understand you love us so much you have such hopes you give us uh, such power to be more and more like you. Help us to know who we are today and be sources of rescue because of the power of your word in our lives that we share with others. We praise you in Jesus' name and all of God's people said,